Welcome listeners to Small Business Portland, where we discuss the future of independent business in Portland, Oregon. I'm Joy Church, your host. I'm the Executive Director of Venture Portland. Today, we are so grateful and so lucky to have Christine Longmuir of Two Rivers Books in St. John. So Christine, thank you so much for being with us. We are so excited to talk with you. Thank you. I'm super excited. I feel really privileged to have been asked. So thank you. Well, I'm sure this has been a very challenging year for you, but can you start by telling us a little bit about how long you had a bookstore? How did you get into books? Uh, So I've uh, been in the book business for a very long time, since 1989. And I moved to St. John's right after the St. John's booksellers closed, and I wanted a bookstore. So I started with doing pop-ups. Basically, uh, wherever anybody would let me put a table of books, I would pop up with books. For a long time, my good friend Annalisa Romano let me pop up in her shoe store. I popped up in the back of Two Stroke Coffee for a while. And then I partnered with Weird Sisters Yarn, and we now have our permanent space that we've been in for just about, I guess, a year and a half. So you are a scrappy bookseller. (laughs) I am. I I believe books save lives. I believe a bookstore is a cornerstone of the community and participates in everything they can. And Christine, I think you clearly practice what you preach. So believing that you are a community resource as a bookstore, it sounds like you've always done a lot of collaborations and partnerships, but I get the impression that that's even more heightened now with the pandemic. Can you talk us through a little bit about how things have changed for you in 2020? Yeah, so things changed really fast. We shut down, and the minute we shut down, we decided to do uh, local delivery. But we, you know, I have an amazing business partner, um, Fuchsia Troutman at Weird Sisters Yarn. We, We not only share the space, but the two businesses operate together. We just were able to pivot and do things quickly and make changes. And I have to say that the St. John's community came out to support us. They were, I I imagine they turned off their Amazon account and started buying books from me. But our, our website got really slammed right at the beginning of April. So... Well, so you did, you did alter very quickly then, right? Because the stay at home order came from Governor Brown, what, March 21st or something. And you, it sounds like you really had an even more robust website by the beginning of April. Yeah, we, um, we actually decided to close before the stay at home order and, and switch the business model to curbside pickup, uh, no contact, and then local delivery. Yeah. Wow. So And so how did you make that decision? Because I I know from some business owners, you know, they really hesitated about closing even after the stay-at-home order happened. So how was it that you were well-informed early on? I actually think Kate Brown did a great job. And I also feel like people had to use their own smarts, right? What is the smart thing, the safe thing to do? You know, don't just wait for somebody to tell you what to do. Use your common sense. And, you know, Fuchsia and I talked about it and we have a pretty at-risk population that shops here. And we thought the best thing would be to shut down. Right, right. And in the midst of the pandemic piece, then Black Lives Matters came up 
to the forefront in June and is going to be, of course, an important piece for us forever in our culture. And it sounds like you and Fuchsia have done some really meaningful work with BIPOC authors, BIPOC businesses. Can you share some about that? Yeah, we um, uh, pretty much from the beginning, Weird Sisters offered an Empower People cowl as a purple cowl yarn knitted. And then we did a we have a cookbook club, and in conjunction with the cookbook club, we featured BIPOC farmers, Race Me Farms, and Come Through Market, which is a BIPOC farmers market. And then we, so one of the other switches that we made in the pandemic was to go ahead and suck it up and pay for Crowdcast to do virtual events. So the other way that we support these events and our community is whatever funds we collect from those events, we donate a portion and in some instances, all of it to uh, whatever charity we're working with. And so how often are you doing these interesting events? We, uh, we do a lot. We have some standing programs that we just translated. We have a Monday Stitch and Bitch that happens at 4 p.m. We also have a First Friday Singer-Songwriter Night where we support local singer-songwriters. Um, we have a Two Rivers Book Club. And then we have a Two Rivers Supper Club, which is our cookbook club gone online. And those were the main programs that we switched over. And then here and there, we, we did different events. We had an event that we combined yarn and books. It's a book called Raw Material um, about a woman sheep shearer. And that was a good event. I, we're, I mean, that's part of being small, right? We're, we're pivoting as quickly as we can. We started a Patreon membership. We always donate a portion of our Patreon back to the community. We have a featured nonprofit every month that we donate to. November is going to be Naya. Um, October was Rebuild Portland. Um, I very much believe in community and building the community that we live in. Sort of a hyper-local to global kind of. Yes, clearly. And so I think for listeners, they must be in awe, as am I, with all of the things that you're doing. And I just have to ask, so, you know, I mean, how, how, what's your self-care like? What does it look like for you? Because it sounds like you're very passionate, but you're incredibly busy. So how do you care for yourself? What's your team look like? Basically, I end the day and I go home and lie on the floor with my dog. <laughs> that, and that's all I've got left. We have a great team. As I said, my business partner is amazing. We also work with IROC, which is a local nonprofit. Um, we have hired, they help us hire local high school kids. So we have a student from Roosevelt High School right now working for us. We've had stu other students from Roosevelt High School. And then we have an amazing, amazing marketing manager who just keeps us on schedule. She's, she's great. Wow, that is so good, right? We, I mean, that's a small group of people, but thank goodness you've got this Dynamo team, right? Because yeah. you're trying to undertake so much and you just can't do it all alone. I think small no. owners sometimes <laughs> we forget like, okay, you can have amazing ideas, but to implement them, and to implement them well is very important, right? Because the, when, the first time, the second time you have something that doesn't go well, people stop paying attention. So you need to set it up for success. And, you know, that usually takes more than just yourself 
to accomplish yeah. those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, we, we do have um, also a bunch of, a, a bunch, two other part-time staff that help run the shop, which otherwise we would be here seven days a week. Our team is amazing. And so, Christine, did you say that you are, you're still offering curbside pickup? Yep. You're doing delivery. So you're shipping as well as doing local delivery. Yes. And are you, I'm sorry, are you open now? We are open 10 to 6, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4 on Sunday. We have a six-person max in the store at, the to- at a time. Masks and hand sanitizing at the door are required. And so far, we have had no issues that we, we haven't, I mean, I don't know uh, how much time you get to spend in St. John's, but it really is an amazing community. We really love being here. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible community. And I think that, listeners, if you're not following along on St. John's Boosters Instagram, you should, because you can see all the beautiful ways that they've altered the streets and the parks and it's just really inviting and very community oriented so for those of us who are feeling comfortable getting out you can get out safely and go watch a movie outside bring a blanket now that it's becoming winter (laughs) right yeah and christine at one point did you try doing the um by appointment only we did actually um when we went when we closed, we did virtual appointments first, and then we did shopping by appointment. And and that was just a tiny bit of success, but not really. People just ordered online. It, it seemed easier. When did that happen that you decided to reopen your doors to six people at a time? When Kate Brown said, I can't remember the exact date, but on right. schedule. <laughs> right, right. Perfect. Perfect. And so in your future planning, you know, what are you thinking is going to happen for the holidays for Two Rivers and for Weird Sisters Yarn? Every day is a guess. You know, I do want to say a shout out to the American Booksellers Association and the Pacific Northwest Booksellers Association, which is another fantastic community. They really help support us with ready-to-use graphics and all of those things around the pandemic. And then also doing some, we got a grant from them too, to help us keep our our doors open and keep our staff. We never laid anybody off. We also, one of the main things is we had a, a great relationship with our landlord and he has been giving us a discounted rent since April. So without that, we we wouldn't have made it. But that's not answering your question about Christmas. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what Christmas is going to look like. We do have a holiday night market scheduled. Last year, we did a holiday night market with all the vendors on one night. This year, we're going to do one vendor per night every weekend. So starting on a Thursday through Sunday, we're going to spread one vendor out over those four days and obviously extend our hours. I don't know what it'll be like. I don't know if anybody will come. I think you might be flooded with people excited to attend. I I hope so. I really hope so. It's it's hard. You know, part of the conversation we have even among the booksellers is what nobody knows what the big book is going to be. Nobody what what should we stock up on? What should we have on hand? What are our online sales going to be? We recently uh, decided to take some of our loan money, our EIDL money, and 
update our POS system so it talks to our website. But, you know, I don't know. Well, that money, is that where the money should go or should it go into inventory? Are we going to have in-store shoppers? It's really, it's hard to know. Yes. I was just going to ask you about inventory levels, right? Because I've heard from other small business owners like, okay, well, how much do we order? Do we order up? Do we keep it like, hey, first come, first serve? We only have 30 of this book or, or whatever it is. It's such a hard decision. And you know, you're not sitting on cash to be able to say, oh, it's fine. We'll just order extra. I mean, it's not like that. No, it's, it's not like that at all. And we, yeah, I just, I don't know. What we have tried to do is encourage people to pre-order books uh, for the holidays and pre-order, you know, not yet published titles. So we know we have a number at least. It's hard. I mean, publishers are even having a hard time getting out they're marketing for new titles because, you know, right. the machine is broken. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. COVID life has altered everything in a very, very real way. It truly has. I do think that it, it sounds like consumers are, you know, eager to have something to look forward to. And so they are really looking at holiday shopping earlier than ever. You know, we've talked to some uh, restaurants that are doing Thanksgiving boxes this year and they've many of them are already sold out you know it's like it's not even halloween yet and they're already sold out um so you know there is i think that momentum but people just want something to be excited about and so the holidays are one of those things so i'm hoping that you'll have a lot of shoppers in the store and through your online ordering system but it certainly is difficult to know like um and i know you know you've got to be Competing, you know, with the A word, as we say. So, you know, Amazon, right? It's, it's how do you make the, the case to your customers to continue to shop with you? What, what do you say to people that are like, oh, I think I bought my last book on Amazon? You know, so Amazon is going to be there. I can complain about them or I can just do what I do and do it really well. And that's really what we do. Both Fuchsia and I, Weird Sisters and Two Rivers, we try to offer the best customer service we can. Personally write back to our customers, communicate with them. You know, we're a little old fashioned. We call people on the phone when their special order is here or if it's going to be late or if we've messed up. I have customers who, who sometimes instant message me with a question. I respond to them. You know, the, the big A, that, that doesn't do that. You're not going to get that kind of customer. And also, you know, I probably know your kid, know what your kid's reading, know what books you bought for your mom. It's a community, right? Right, right. And I do think you're absolutely correct with that because it's about using the networks that you have and, you know, you're constantly engaging with them, right? And it's, it's just hospitality all the way around. Excellent customer service, constant communication, even though it's exhausting, because that's the unique proposition that you have, right? Is they are different from other large big box places that wouldn't communicate if there's a problem or bother to call you to say, hey, your book is here. We're so excited for you to read it. You know, and that personal touch of like knowing, knowing the families, knowing, you know, hey, I see your dogs outside, you know, knowing the, the, that real personal piece that you just otherwise, of course, can't get. 
So I think yeah. that sounds amazing that you're able to do that. But I'm so glad that you have a dog to go home to that you're like, <laughs> let's decompress for the day. <laughs> yeah, we're so tied to our community that Fuchsia and I will often have a conversation and say, hey, you know, we haven't seen so-and-so. She's a senior. Maybe we should just, let's just ping her, you know, because I feel like seniors are the one group right now that are really hidden, right? They're suffering. They don't want to do virtual events. And they're the group that I worry about the most. You know, the kids are having a hard time. Yes, they are. But there are resources for that. The seniors aren't reaching out for those. And so if you have a senior that you know, reach out to them because I really worry about that group. Yes, that's such a great point. I really appreciate that. You know, I think we've started to hear this phrase that our older adults are dying by isolation, dying from isolation. So this is a real huge sadness. And it's something that can be combated by things like you're doing, saying, hey, we haven't seen so-and-so in a while. Let's reach out. So I think we all need to, you know, take care of one another and um, our older adults in particular. I think that's such a a really great message. Thanks, Christine. And I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about some of the, you have put together an anti-racist list of book recommendations. And I was hoping maybe you could share one or two that are top of mind right now that listeners should go to Two Rivers Books online or come into the store and grab a copy or 10 for family and friends for the holidays. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to do that. Uh, I feel like everybody at this point knows about how to be an anti-racist and stamped from the beginning. But I feel like there are other narratives out there that we should read. There is an amazing memoir that has just come out in paperback called The Yellow House by Sarah Broom. Um, It is about her family house in New Orleans around Katrina. It's actually not just around Katrina time. It's multi-generational, but it's very powerful. You know, they broke the levee and basically flooded East New Orleans, where most of the poor African-Americans lived. It's not told in a way that's sort of self-pitying. It's just matter of fact. And the writing is beautiful. Um, So I highly recommend reading, just getting an idea of what that slice of life is like for them. Yeah, Um, that sounds great. I can't wait to get this title. And Christine, does another come to mind by any chance? Well, we also have a bunch of children's books. So um, we partner, another partnership we have is a local organization called Reading is Resistance. And we're a Uh, I can't remember her last name, but she's a professor at PSU and she's come up with lists for parents of books to read and talk with their children about. So we also have that list on our website and I highly recommend it. It helps. It gives parents the groundwork and the language to use with children when, you know, let's say somebody says a bad word about somebody, like how should you respond as a a witness. So that reading is resistance is also another great local organization that we, we partner with. That is great. That is so thoughtful too. You're really doing something for all ages. I mean, I remember, and I I don't, I, I think it was probably when I was in graduate school, the phrase racism begins in the home. I think that's where you start with your kids, right? You know, that's. Yeah, I agree. And you're providing solutions through books. Books save lives. That's right. Books save lives. I love that. 
So, Christine, I want to make sure that we touch on ways for, I mean, you've mentioned so many, but um, as we're nearing the end of our time together today, ways for people to connect with you, for customers to engage with you. Um, what are some of your, you're doing so many things, but what are some of your top recommendations, so especially for customers who maybe haven't heard of Two Rivers until today? Well, you can find us on our website and everything is there. Our event schedule, you can sign up for our e-news. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. I am a little bit slower to respond on instant message, but you also can get my direct email address from the website if you have a question. I love talking about books and recommending books, so feel free to ask me questions about that. Or I always, I tell the kids that work here, I have a superpower. And that is if you give me clues about somebody you're looking for a book for, I can pretty much almost, I want to say 92% of the time, pick the perfect book. Wow, that is a superpower. I love it. <laughs> and yeah. Christine, can you share, what is the website? The website is tworiversbooks.com. Excellent. So tworiversbooks.com. Excellent. And and your Instagram handle is? Two Rivers Books. Two Rivers Books. Excellent. And I cut you off. Sorry, Christine, take it away. There is a Two Rivers Bookstore in Nashville. Um, so don't, I mean, you can order books from them. They are an independent, but they're not going to be here in Portland. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And this it'll is, take a little longer. <laughs> right. Right. And this is the Small Business Portland podcast. So we, <laughs> we hope that people that are listening will support local, of course. So Christine, are there other things that we haven't touched on that you would make want to make sure that listeners hear about today? Just go out and make sure your vote, you voted, your, your ballot's in the box. And, you know, be kind. Remember, everybody is going through this. And we're, I, I can feel the stress level of everyone going up, but just try to be kind. Yes, agreed. We've been talking about self-care around voting and the election. <laughs> Starting to think about what those that day looks like and the days after. So very good point. Thank you for that, Christine. So, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and for all the incredible work you're doing in the Portland community. I mean, St. John's thank is so you. lucky to have you. Portland is so lucky to have you. You're a treasure. Oh, I, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. So yeah. we're going to close out here. So again, you've been listening to the Small Business Portland podcast. It's hosted by me, Joy Church, and produced by my colleague, Jacob Falkenberg. You can connect with Venture Portland on Instagram at Venture Portland. And please visit our website. We're at VenturePortland.org. And that's how you can find about business districts. You can find out about trainings and events that we're up to. Most of that's virtual at this point, of course. And listeners, please do, don't forget to buy local and support small business because small businesses build strong neighborhoods. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you in November. <laughs>